here, there, and everywhere. Yeah. SAFM 106.1 FM in Bombela. 11.35 is our time here on SAFM, talking cyber attacks now. Uh, South African companies are said to be under constant cyber attacks at the rate of 577 per hour. This puts the country as the third highest victim in the world. As far as the experts are concerned, why is this happening? And what can businesses do to protect themselves? Joining us is Mason Maheri, CEO and uh, co-founder of Law Trust. Mason, thank you for joining us. How are you? Good morning. I'm very well, you know, but this is such an important topic we're getting into now because the answer is is that business has gone digital. And mm-hmm. along with that, crime is going digital as well, and that's what we're seeing here. So is that the main reason why this is happening then? It's because we're now in a digitized world. Exactly so, you know. So so COVID really pushed things along, you know. If I had to make a guess, I'd say we've accelerated probably what would have taken businesses five to ten years we've gone and done in a year now you know so on one hand it's been great because business has actually been saved you can use technologies like electronic signatures digital signatures face biometrics to onboard customers and you can still do business you know all of that is absolutely great but the rate of change has been very high that has created a few gaps in companies because they weren't operating like this two years ago And then the second thing, which is also very important, is where business goes and where money flows, that is where crime is going to focus. You know, and that's exactly what we're seeing, that especially organized crime is also investing in cyber activities. You know, they are also looking for great skills to join criminal networks. You know, it's unbelievable to think about it, but that is busy happening today. So we can't avoid going digital, especially as a business. You need to stay on top of things and make sure you've got the latest way of doing things. So what can businesses do then to protect themselves? I guess maybe it will be one of the issues you say that things were moving so fast that people had to catch on quickly and maybe some of the things that needed focus were ignored. Yeah, and fortunately, it's it's not bad news. You know, the the value of digitalization, um, giving great customer service via digital channels because Let's admit it, we all want to work that way. You know, who physically wants to walk into a bank branch these days? Far more convenient to work in your phone, for example, you know. So, mm. so the benefits far outweigh the downsides, you know. I think the important thing that business has to realize though is you have to take it seriously. You know, that is very important. So that means this has to be a conversation in your business. At this most senior level, it has to be a conversation. Security has actually become part of the cost of doing business. You know, so it is that important. You've got to discuss it with every new project that you do. You've got to definitely look at your risk. And you've got to look at things like your housekeeping, your cyber housekeeping inside. You know, we look at our phones, and it's good advice for the individual as well. It's always run your updates on your phone. You know, if there's an app update, you run it. But mm. in a big business, it's even more important. You know, you have to, we call it patching your systems. You have to patch your systems. The vendors are working with security researchers, and when a vulnerability is found in systems, they release a patch. And if you do not apply those patches into your own systems, you stay vulnerable, and that is how attackers can get in very easily, not even by doing fancy stuff. You must use things like strong authentication in your business, second factor authentication, 
the one-time password that comes in via SMS to help you log in because it makes it so much stronger. And then you've got to explore technologies like digital signatures, you know, which can replace wet signatures, but it can actually stop a whole lot of fraud, you know. So mm. a couple of these basic things are things that are going to help you do better business, you know. So it's absolutely not a train smash. It's very possible to take these first steps. All right, we need to take a short break and uh, we continue with our conversation with Mason Maheri, CEO and co-founder of Law Trust, talking cyber attacks. Across South Africa, online and on radio. SAFM, let's talk. South African companies uh, being under constant cyber attacks is what we're talking about. Uh, the rate is 577 per hour. Mason Maheri, CEO and co-founder of Law Trust, joins us on the talking point to unpack this. You speak of a patch, something called a patch, uh, Mason, as one of the ways of fiber housekeeping or strategies of fiber housekeeping. What do you mean when we say uh, businesses need to patch their systems? What is a patch? So... That's one of the problems in our industry, I guess, is that we, we make up a whole lot of new words the whole time in the IT <laughs> yeah. industry. You know? but, and it, it makes it difficult to keep up because everybody's trying to sound cool, but yeah. actually it doesn't really help. So, so all we're talking about is you've got to update your software. Okay. You know? So if you think of your phone, you'll see quite often you get updates from the vendors of the phones, you know, be it Google updates or iPhone updates that you're running the whole time. And some of the things they're updating of functionality related, you know, but some of the things that you can't see are actually security related. So there are security researchers, they try and poke holes in systems and when they find them, they disclose the research, the vendors go and they write a fix, they write an update for their software and they release this for free if you are under maintenance usually, you know, so it's something that you get anyway. Now, often in businesses, the thinking is, if the system isn't broken, don't fix it. You know, because everybody's busy, you know, you can't afford to mess with these systems. But unfortunately, that thinking doesn't work anymore. You know, so when these patches or these updates are released, it is so important that just as you would should do it on your phone or on your personal laptop, you've actually got to do it on your IT servers and things as well. And yes, it is work because then you're going to have to test your applications again. You're going to have to make sure that everything is working. But at least then you remove the common vulnerabilities, which are the first step if somebody is trying to attack you. They're going to look at, is there a vulnerability that has not been fixed yet that I can easily use to get in? You know, we don't necessarily have to worry about the most complicated attacks, you know, but these are the easy ones that can easily allow someone in. So it's part of your good housekeeping inside, you know. So first step is you've got to understand this, and I guess it's part of awareness as well, you know. So there must be senior-level awareness, You've got to start educating everybody in business. I think business must ask for these things because it's a risk to doing business. And IT must understand that these things have to go in even if there is additional work and even if there's a, a bit of discomfort when you actually have to test and put these things in. There are other elements to good housekeeping as well. Mm-hmm. Passwords are not enough anymore. You know, So you have to have something more than a password. In your personal life, if you get the choice to choose two-factor authentication or strong authentication, turn it on. You know, you always turn it on if you get that choice. Mm. In a business, it's the business's choice to turn it on in their systems, and they must turn it on these days, you know. Passwords are just too easy to compromise, so it really helps if you're using, well, at best, fingerprint or face authentication, 
but at least a one-time password coming through to your phone or something like that. You know, there's very convenient ways to get this rolled out. You know, so that's also one of those basic housekeeping things is to turn that on. And then maybe a third one is things like SSL certificates. You know, you see it when you go to internet banking. You see the little padlock appear there. But those SSL certificates can be applied to any kind of web service mm-hmm. that you are running, you know, even server to server. It identifies the server to your users. It tells them they're in the right place. And then it also encrypts the information. You know? So you're taking care of a whole lot of things by, by thinking like this, you know, getting your basics right, getting your standard operating procedures right, and getting your housekeeping up to standard. There's also malicious software. So how do we, first, what are the different, because there's types, right, of malicious fo- software, there's forms to it. That's right. So, so let's so, talk about the different forms of malicious software and how we can look out for them. Yeah, and, and that's so important, you know. And, and maybe the first thing to say is let's get a strategy about how we approach this, you know. And mm-hmm. The strategy that I like, a personal strategy, is to say I'm going to be streetwise. You know, in our, in our dealings in the physical world, especially when you're haggling around money and things, it's quite difficult to cheat one of us. You know, we pride ourselves on that as, as, as Africans. You know, we say, you know, we are streetwise and you're not going to get one over on us. So it's so important that you realize that when you're in the cyber world, you must also be streetwise, but it's slightly different because there you can't see who's on the other side. So one of the biggest things that goes wrong is identity is very easy to fake. You know, somebody can pretend to be, they just randomly pick somebody. They can pretend to be Bill Gates, mm. you know. And how do you know that the email is really from Bill Gates, for example, you know. So identity, faking identities is one of the things that you must watch out for. And that leads us to our first kind of attack, which is actually how most of the malware spreads. And that is emails coming in from somebody who you think is trustworthy, and you go and click on attachment or something like that. You know, that is an attack that we call phishing. Mm. And... Again, in the typical way of IT, made up a word. It's spelled P-H-I-S-H-I-N-G. So not fishing, not catching fish. But this is the cyber sense of casting out a line. The bad guys are doing that, and they're casting out a line, and they're trying to catch a fish, Mm. which is you at the end of the day. So this email might come in. It might look like it's a legit email. But if there are links or attachments in there, you've got to be super careful. You know, when you're going to this... What they are trying to do is they're trying to either harvest your information, they're trying to get your username, your password, things like that, or they are trying to get you to install some sort of malicious software, malware on your machine. Again, which there can be various different types. But the first thing is you've actually got to look at that email address. You've got to look at the URL of the website you are going to. If you don't know who this is, don't run it. You know, If it's from a bank, but it doesn't have the bank's domain name in it, you know, mm-hmm. like, for example, nedbank.co.za, you know, then you've got to be super careful if you've not seen it. Nedbank will not have a, a URL, for example, and I'm just using them randomly. That would be something like nedbank at wildserver.co.nz. You know, that doesn't make mm-hmm. sense with that. You know, so you've got to look at these addresses where you're going. A bank, for example, would always have an SSL certificate. So if that is not coming up, that little yellow padlock, if your browser complains and it says, I don't trust this site, then you must listen to it, you know, because that really is important. So streetwise, look at where you're going, just like you're crossing the streets in the real world, 
here you're on the on the cyber highway. You know, you've got to look where you're going. You've got to look at these addresses. You've got to think, is this legit? Do, am I expecting this? Do I know about it? Is the offer too good to be true? You know, you don't really have an uncle in Nigeria that has left you a billion dollars. <laughs> Get over it. You know, it just doesn't work like that. You've got to be streetwise. So, yeah. so that's probably the most important advice on, on this part of the topic. Uh, Wayne, uh, Wayne wants to ask, uh, what can households and businesses do technically to prevent ransomware attacks? So, so ransomware is an interesting one because it scares everybody. You know, so um, the idea is that you load malware on your machine. This ransomware comes in, you load malware on the machine, and then it goes and it actually locks all your data. So it encrypts this data, and you get this beautiful splash screen that comes up and it says, your data has been locked by whoever, hackers from hell, and you mm. must pay half a Bitcoin into the following account. You know, that is typically how they do. They love cryptocurrencies because it's very difficult to trace. So that, that is how that kind of attack happens. So the first thing is, how did that software get on your machine? Mm. And typically that is from some sort of email that came in that you were not streetwise about. You know, in a business, you must educate your staff that they must actually be streetwise and they must look at all these URLs and things. There's lovely awareness programs that you can go through online with your staff that helps them, teaches them to recognize emails and things. So awareness, first line of defense. You've got to look at what you're running. Attacks like this are often not going to, they're often not going to be directed at your technically savvy staff. Often they're going to be directed at your financial staff, for example, you know, because those are people that are working with the money, you know, so you've got to make sure that awareness is spread right through the company. So that's a big one. Then let's go back again to good housekeeping. Mm-hmm. You have to have a plan if something like this or when something like this happens with you. So you have to have what we call a disaster recovery plan, which sounds very fancy, but it just means imagine this happening to you. What are you going to do? And the first thing you're going to want to do is you're going to want to recover from a backup. So that means you've got to make sure that you actually have backups of all the important things on your personal space and indefinitely in your business space. You know, you've got to have backups. One backup that you overwrite the whole time is not enough because what you don't want to do is get the ransomware and kind of go and back up contaminated files um, onto your backup disk again as well. You know, so if you can spread it out, incremental backup so you can recover to a point in time. But if you can't recover, you really are stuck, you know. So, so again, good housekeeping and awareness are your friends in this space, you know, and it's going to stop 90% of the problems. So you've got to get on top of those ones first. Mm. If you would like, it is always good to get an independent view from some security specialist. You know, they'll be able to come in and tell you very quickly where you are, we call it a maturity assessment to say, you know, you've got a couple of obvious gaps that you've got to go into. Um, you've got to get these things sorted out. It doesn't have to cost a huge amount of money. You know, it does depend on the size of the organization, how much is looked at. But an independent view from some security specialist, if you can do that in your business, is, is worth its weight in gold. Yeah. Chain messages, are they something we should be concerned about, especially those that do the rounds on WhatsApp? Is that a form of phishing? So, so chain messages, um, I, I really struggle to see the appeal in it, you know, which says, if you love me, post this thing on your, on your, send this to 10 of your friends, you know. So, so basically what it's doing is it's just adding, wasting a whole lot of bandwidth out there, you know. So, 
you've got to make a personal decision if it, if it really is a personal statement in the chain message that you would like to be associated with and put it out there. Most of it is just junk. You know, you see a whole lot of things, especially on Facebook, you'll see these things coming in that says, I have found this hidden feature in Facebook and all of a sudden I can see everybody's posts again. Mm. That is absolute rubbish, those things. You know, so most of it is absolutely not true. It is just aimed at wasting your time and wasting space, you know. And taking up space and processing power is also a form of an attack. When it really happens, though, we call it a denial of service attack. You know, things are getting so busy that a server can't handle legitimate calls anymore because it's busy with junk. Mm. But uh, but generally, these things are just a nuisance and they're just wasting your time, they're wasting space. All right. I think something to be more careful of is these surveys that are coming around and they're asking you all kinds of questions, you know, because often those personal questions are the things that you would use to reset a password as well. Mm. What school did you go to? What's your favorite color? What was the first car that you had? You know, what street did you live on? You know, why would you want to give information like that out? Because you can hear those are typically the kind of questions that would you ask if somebody's going to identify that it's you to reset your password, you know. So I think rather err on being careful on the personal information that you give out. Okay. Much more of a concern. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, Let's leave it there. Uh, Mason, we appreciate your time. Great. Have a good day. You too. Mason Maheri, CEO and co-founder of Law Trust.